Hello guys, Jonathan here from Arcade Repair Tips. We would just like to take a moment and thank you for listening to the audio replay of the live show here on the podcast feed. We'd also like to remind you to join our live show on the first Thursday night of every month at 5.30 p.m. Central Time. It's always a great time and we enjoy interacting with people just like you in our live chat. So be sure to make plans to be there for the next one. Remember also that we have an after show that takes place immediately after the live show. And if you'd like to listen to the audio from that, you will need to check it out on our YouTube page, which can be found at youtube.arcaderepairtips.com. So let us continue on with a short word from our sponsor, and then we'll get to the episode. Broadcasting from their world headquarters in Texas, it's the Arcade Repair Tips Live Show. The show that discusses arcade repair, restoration, news, and more. Now, here are your hosts, Tim and Jonathan. Well, hello, everybody, and welcome to episode 46 of the Arcade Repair Tips Live Show for December 2020. My name is Jonathan Leung, and I'm the producer, director, and editor of the Arcade Repair Tips video series. And joining me today, as always, is Mr. Arcade Repair Tips himself, Tim Peterson. Tim, how are you doing? Hey, John. Hey, John. Fine. Fine. Good. I think we're getting a little echo there, Tim. Sorry about that, guys. Just a little technical glitch. I think we're okay now, but we're so glad to be with y'all. Tim, final show of 2020. Hard to believe, right? Yeah, 2020 needs to go anyway. <laughs> That's right. I feel like this 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 year has lasted a decade, uh, but we are continuing to plow along here, guys, and we want to thank you so much for joining us tonight. Tim, we have a lot of exciting questions from all of you guys out there, and so we're very... We're very excited and pumped to get started with all of this. But, Tim, before we do that, how you doing? What's been going on? I'm doing okay. I'm uh, feeling a little high right now. I'm in a small room with a bunch of Bondo drawings. <laughs> yeah, all we see is, I think, the mad scientist thing behind you there. But um, yeah. Yeah, explain to everybody what you're really doing behind the scenes. So um, I had a guy that owns a storage unit, lockers, and somebody didn't, evidently didn't pay their fee. And it uh, looked like they had a 60-in-1 cocktail that they had built, and they were trying to build two more. So one was like 90% done and looked really good, and the other two were basically just wood cutouts. So um, I'm working on getting all three fixed for him. He's going to keep one. His friend's going to keep one. Then he's going to sell one. So um, they're in various stages. Uh, now just about uh, done, but... I told him I wasn't going to do any cosmetic work, but I couldn't stand the way some of it looked, so I bondoed, and I'm going to paint some of it. I won't do artwork stickers and stuff, but at the same time, I it just I felt like I needed to do a little bit of that. I couldn't have big cracks and stuff in it. So, so been, been working on that. I have a guy that wants a 60-in-1, but he wants it all in a Galaga cabinet. Of course, you know, we don't like destroying uh, classic games, and we've been building them. So I cut out all the wood today for a Galaga cabinet to put a 60-in-1 in with the Galaga artwork and stuff. Sounds good. So, Tim, you have been busy with arcade-related projects. Who would have thought? So <laughs> Yeah. Well, in between that and working, you know, 50, 60 hours a week at Dairy Queen, been staying really busy, John. No, sounds good, Tim. Well, you know, Christmas is coming up, and so it's only going to get busier, I think, from here to the end of the year. So especially with uh, arcade sales, seems like people like arcades for 
for uh, December Christmas time. They want one for their family room. And Tim, this year especially, people are looking for more home entertainment options, especially it seems like. I hope so, yeah. <laughs> well, considering all the stuff you're building, I think it'll it'll sell well for you. And if you guys are interested, I guess Tim can hook you up. <laughs> you can email him at tim at arcaderepairtips.com. But Tim, let us continue on uh, with just a couple of reminders. We do want to remind you that we do have the live chat open for this evening. We have Louie as one of our moderators of that live chat. Thank you, Louie, for moderating the chat, keeping all the good stuff good and the bad stuff out, is like we like to say. So, uh, Louie, thank you for being here and doing that. And just we want to encourage you, comments and questions can be posed to us during the live show. So, Tim, we have a couple of people here. We've got Seahorses and um, All Night here. We got, let's see, we got uh, Vintage Tech Guy. We've got Paul Jure. We have one Pawn Star, um, and the real Hammer Billy Lee, Tim, is with us again. Tim, we just have a whole bunch of great uh, great uh, viewers tonight. We want to thank all of you guys for uh, for coming and watching the show with us, and hopefully we can have a really great time and uh, and do some fun stuff. So Now, uh, Tim, let me check the live chat real quick and see what's going on. Okay, I think actually we may be getting to some of these questions here in a bit that are already in the live chat, so we'll talk about that here in a bit. But, uh, Tim, anything before we get started? Yeah, we are opening Christmas presents tonight. That's right. right. Oh, Tim, thanks for thanks for bringing up the teaser. Yes, so obviously this is the December episode, and so we will be opening some Christmas presents. Tim, I think I got yours right down here. Um, you've got mine somewhere in your scientific room there with the Bondo and everything. Let's see. Oh, I got it? Oh, I can't see it. It's invisible. Oh, there it is. We got it for a second. Okay, some of the clipping on the, on the on the thing. Uh, we'll we'll take care of that later or something like that. There it is. I saw it for a sec. There it is. So, oh, Michael Bloom is here with us as well, Tim, and Steve as well. So they're all here. We got a, just a, a great group of people. But, Tim, yes, Christmas gifts are going to come near the middle of the live show tonight, so make sure you stay tuned for that. Tim, we always do uh, arcade or tool-related Christmas gifts uh, between the two of us, so hopefully people will be excited about that. And, Tim, we also got a, a Christmas gift from a viewer that we actually got about a month ago. And this is from YouTube Punk. For those of you guys, we've talked about oh. YouTube Punk quite a bit. But uh, he sent one in a month ago. Tim, I'm not, I did open it just because I wanted to, you know, just make it easy to open whenever we opened it. But I don't necessarily know what the contents are inside. But I can tell you that it came from Paradise Arcade Shop. So already I'm excited, right? Yeah, that's always good. There news. you go. So, Tim, without any further ado, let's go ahead and work into our first question. And this first one here is from Tom. And Tom says, "Hello, I have a slight, I have some slight discoloration fading on the bottom right of my Donkey Kong monitor. I replaced the monitor a while ago with a new one. Would a cap kit fix this discoloration? It's weird that it's just in the bottom right, about ten percent of the monitor, and not the whole thing. Thanks in advance, Tom." So, Tim, this is actually where our, our uh, title for the episode comes from. My Donkey Kong is a weird color. So, uh, obviously, Tom has a Donkey Kong that has some slight discoloration, but only in the bottom right-hand corner, not so much in the rest of the monitor. So, he poses the, the answer that it may be a cap kit. What do you think is causing the discoloration, Tim? Is it a cap kit or is it something else? It's probably something else that um, it's become magnetized. And it needs to be degaussed. We have a video on that. I went that. ahead and I put in, Tim, I know you can't see this, but I went ahead and put up the uh, pictures because he did send some pictures of this discoloration. And it is very slight. Now, he does mention in the email, I think, that it is worse in person than it is in these pictures. But you will notice that it is ever so slight discoloration. Not a ton, but um, ever so slight. So, Tim, with that in mind, and let's go ahead and continue on with the question. Yeah, we've uh, we've had this issue many times. 
when we move a game or something, um, and it, it just affects the polarization and stuff, and so you'll get these blurry little images, and sometimes you just need to degauss and uh, clear all that up. Uh, sometimes, as in one case that we had, Jonathan, remember, we literally, um, with the rebar and the concrete floor, we actually had to turn the game. It never would quite uh, stay right unless, if, unless it was turned. Uh, so I would definitely start there in his situation. And Tim, it looks like several people in the chat room chimed in with the exact same answer that you gave, that it's probably a degaussing issue. So with that in mind, let me go ahead and bring up the slide here. Discoloration like this is usually caused by some magnetic forces working on the shadow mask inside your tube. A common fix for this is to use a degaussing coil to demagnetize the shadow mask. Please see our post on using a degaussing coil for more information. You can purchase a degaussing coil from Twisted Quarter or other arcade parts distributors, Tim. And I put a link here for Tom so he knows where he can get one. And Tim, they're not necessarily cheap, but you can get them. Louie also put a, a link to a different one that you can get as well. Um, there's several different kinds. Tim, I think we've mentioned this before though that we like the coil more than the wand correct yeah just seems to it's just what i was accustomed to seems like uh it's what chuck e cheese used on and everybody had to have one in their tech room so um maybe each his own uh, but I like that one particularly better for me. Yeah, and it seems like we're we're more fond of coils than we are of, um, like I said, the wands. But, I mean, sometimes the wands work great. It just depends on your monitor. And you, you mentioned this too, Tim. If the degaussing coil doesn't get rid of the discoloration, you may try repositioning your cabinet either by rotating it 90 degrees or moving it to a different location entirely. Uh, you know, it just you know there it just happens like that, Tim. Sometimes you just cannot get rid of this, and so in that particular case, you may need to relocate the monitor completely or the cabinet completely in order to get the magnet the magnetism and discoloration to go away. Correct. Correct. Good. Any other thoughts here about uh, Tim's question or Tom's question, Tim? <laughs> well, no. Back to Tom. Um, no, I think that I think that's pretty simple. And um, like you said, I understand that sometimes the pictures don't uh, show everything, and maybe Tom's being really picky. But that's good, you know. And that's probably just some an easy fix. And if he hasn't, um, you know, guys, when we used to PM games, so I would degauss a monitor on an old school game once a month, almost whether it needed it or not. Now a lot of newer ones. They do it themselves, or they have a button you push, and you just make your screen go kind of crazy. Um, but, you know, it's a good idea to do that occasionally. Exactly, yeah, and it just, you know, it really does help uh, kind of, you know, just to demagnetize that shadow mask like we mentioned, Tim, and, and disrupt and keep that discoloration from happening. So, yeah, a good idea to do it every so often to your monitor as well just to keep it in shape. So, Tom, hopefully it answers your question, and good luck with the discoloration issues on your Donkey Kong cabinet. And Tim, we have a lot of a lot of activity in the live chat, real quick. Um, Regs and a lot of people talking about the previous one. And like I said, um, Regzer Show and Paul Jure and Greg Olson all chimed in saying that they thought it was a degaussing issue, Tim. So I think we're in good company there. Um, uh, Regzer Show said Donkey Kong monitors don't have auto degaussing. Some do. It depends on the monitor that that's in there. Um, we have seen some that do actually have that. Um, let's see. And he also says that he has had luck degaussing it from the side of the, of the cabinet. Tim, I don't think we've done that very often. Most of the time we do it from the front, correct? 
No, and I have seen somebody do that, and uh, one of my bosses did that one time, and I was like, what are you doing? And it actually worked really good, and so that may be a good idea, um, you know, it, without getting too technical, it, on the side, actually, depending on what side you're having the issue on, might be a good idea to go on that side and try it like that. Absolutely. Uh, I think that's a great idea, Tim. Hey, you know, why not give it a shot? It's It's always worth a shot, right? Yeah. There you go. Now, Tim, I just saw YouTube Punk is here, and I do want to. I, I mentioned it earlier, but he wasn't here. That we have his box, and I did okay. open it just so I make it easy to open for the show. But don't know what's inside. So, but I we did see that it came from Paradise Arcade Shop. So right. we're looking forward to opening that here in the in the middle of the show. So we'll do that here in a bit, guys. Christmas gifts are always fun, right? Yeah, I'm guessing it's not a full game. <laughs> I, think, I think we can safely assume that, Tim. I love your your powers of observation astound me. So, <laughs> but uh, anyway, guys, so uh, Tim, I'm looking at uh, what else we have here in the live chat real quick. It does look like um, Louis posted uh, a couple degaussing coil links there as well, which will help with that. Tim, I don't necessarily, we don't necessarily endorse the Twisted Quarter one. We order a lot from Twisted Quarter. We like them, but pretty much any degaussing coil will work, right? Yeah, and there is some YouTube videos you can make your own. Yeah, you have you have but, a homemade one. I've seen it before. Yes, and so um, you know, there's some YouTube videos you can watch on making your own uh, if you just want to go that route and have a little fun with it. But you know, why not support some of our our arcade uh, part suppliers and just buy one? Absolutely. Yeah, these guys, especially right now, are in uh, are in tough uh, you know tough tough spots with the pandemic. So you know, if you can't help them out. Definitely, uh, definitely a good opportunity to right now. So, oh, here's mine. I was like, mine's hey, there you go. Oh, look at this, man! On on command, he's got his toolbox right there by him. I like this, Tim. Yeah. Well, I forgot. I was like, oh, well, you know, when we moved, I was like, where did I put that? And I'm like, oh yeah, it's in this drawer right there you here. Go. Do you go? Mine. Uh, some of them are really big. I should say that I just like this one. It's kind of small and handy. Not because the bigger ones work any less or any better. This one just fit in my tool bag really good. <laughs> exactly. It's not very big. And Tim, the the homemade one you have is gigantic. I think it's a foot across, right? Like a steering yeah. wheel. So it just depends. I mean, like I said, I mean, but I like, I'm with you. I like that one because it's nice and portable. You can take it places, no problem, so. Okay, Tim, let us continue on. The next question we have is from Jason. And Jason says, I just bought a gorgeous, gorgeous, Tim, Miss Pac-Man Galaga class of 81 with a 25-inch monitor. The very bottom of the screen is slightly fuzzy. Everything else is good. The distortion is just at the bottom, like where the row of fruit is, and on Galaga, fuzzy where the ship is. And the board badge is fuzzy. Any suggestions? So, Tim, this is kind of similar to the other one, except instead of having the discoloration at the bottom, we're kind of having this blurry fuzziness down near the bottom of the screen, but everything else looks okay. So, not discoloration this time, more of a focus issue. What do you think's going on with Jason's monitor here? Well, I think we hit the nail on the head, Jonathan, when you said it's very similar. And I think it is a similar situation uh, some of those things may actually help. Uh, the way he described it could even be the same. But when the way it was described, the difference that I think it seems to be more of a yoke issue, like just a couple of the purity rings got uh, turned or, or twisted, or maybe, you know, when he pushed in. Uh, I don't know. You know, it's always like we don't get the background story 
all the time, John, but it probably is more of a ring problem that just got out of the line just a little bit and is causing some of that at the bottom of his screen. Yeah, and Tim, part of me wonders, though, if this may... Uh, you know, you mentioned the, the convergence, purity rings, but part of me wonders if this may be more of a full yoke adjustment. Like, he may need to... Yeah like try to push it on a little bit more and may need to shim it up a little bit around the edges. And Tim, uh, Ingvar Carlson has a great um, uh, document that he allowed us to post on our website about setting up an arcade monitor that kind of goes through the process of shimming up a yoke. And it, sound, it sounds more like it may be yoke position that's causing the blurriness. Um, convergence rings may, and purity rings may be part of that too, like you mentioned. But I, I mean, me personally, I'm probably leaning more towards yoke adjustment. What do you think? I, I, I think so too that it could be his yoke off just a little bit yeah. and you've, you've seen a lot of those shimmed and, and in there for a reason uh, obviously even from the manufacturer they would have to adjust some of them like that and when you move a game Tim it's very common for the for the yoke to you know slide or reposition it ever so slightly and come out of an alignment and so you know it, it's just so common that you know it seems like if he moved it at all that may be what, what caused the issue Right, and you think about how many times a game has been moved now over 20 years or however, or 40 years now, some of them are, you know, how many times it's been moved around. Uh, the fact that some of these even still work is amazing. Uh, so you can expect some of those things to be out of adjustment a little bit. Absolutely, Tim. So I'm going to go ahead and put this slide up so everybody can see it. <clears throat> Excuse me. When the blurriness in your picture is confined to one area of the monitor and not the whole screen, it's usually caused by a convergence or yoke positioning issue. You can try to adjust the convergence purity rings like Tim mentioned on your tube. See if it helps. But this sounds more like, to me, a yoke positioning issue. See our post on adjusting the convergence rings and setting up and adjusting an arcade monitor for more information. Now, Tim, uh, I don't want to rule this out because I think it is, it is possible that his flyback is starting to fail. Because sometimes when we have kind of this patchy focus issue kind of thing around the monitor. It could be that the flyback's starting to fail. Seems like that's rare though, correct? I would think pretty pretty rare on the uh, scale of 1 to 10 or something. You know, we're down in the two, 1 or 2 range, you know, out of 100. Right, but don't, don't necessarily want to rule that out though. And Tim, it may be yeah. worth adjusting the focus before messing with the convergence rings and the yoke because that's a little bit more... I don't want to say dangerous per se, but it's a, it's a little bit more involved than just turning a focus knob. So it right. it may be worth just trying to turn the focus adjustment on the flyback to see if it, it helps at all. Um, but if you can't get that focus balance between the top and bottom of the screen, probably leaning more towards a convergence or yoke positioning issue at that point. Tim, is there anything else you want to add to, uh, to Jason's uh, response here before we move on? Now, well, like you were saying, John, we have uh, many times made it much worse than we had make it better, uh, especially learning what till we really got to where we thought we knew what we're doing. Um, we did really make some awful messes just trying to fix that. So that, for sure, be careful. Absolutely. And Tim, uh, one thing we mentioned in our video on adjusting the convergence rings is that you should draw, preferably with a Sharpie or paint pen, a line across the top of them so you know your starting point, correct? Right. And I will mention that Louie also reminds the live chat of that, Tim, because you always want to be able to get back to your starting point just in case you make it worse uh, in the adjustment process, correct? 
Agreed. There we go. So Jason, hopefully answers your question. And good luck getting that. What did, what did he call it, Tim? Was it pristine or gorgeous? Gorgeous Miss Pac-Man. Uh, Galaga Class of 81 cabinet uh, monitor back looking 100% and in focus. Now, Tim, uh, somebody, Alan, in the live chat said, I used a, a degaussing coil on my Mach 3. It looked like the screen was being pulled until I degaussed it. And Michael said, a Mach 3 that actually works is a rare sight indeed. Yes, Tim, I think the only Mach 3s that we've seen that work were MAME-based ones, right? Yeah, we had one that held a lot of other parts for a long time. We did. We actually had a... Um, we actually had a sit-down Mach 3 that you owned for a very long time that had like four dead Laserdisc players in it. It was, it was complete. It had everything uh, with it that we wanted to get working at one point. Just never got around to it. I mean, it always sat in the back of the shop. Tim, I think on some of the early videos, you can see it in the background, in fact. So, Yeah, probably so. so. there you go. If you want to look for, you can play um, arcade repair tips, uh, tr you know, what is it, a scavenger hunt, and see if you can find the sit-down Mach 3 in the background. I'm sure it's in a couple of those videos. So, Sure. So, and um, Paul also, I was, was going to say, Paul uh, also reminds us to use the crosshatch pattern to see where your convergence is. That's a great idea. And Tim, those who may not be familiar with crosshatch, it's that little grid looking thing, um, the right. black and white grid. So usually it's black, it's um, using the black background with white squares all the way around in a, a grid pattern. And Tim, you really want those, all of the, uh, all of the convergence to overlap to where those lines are completely white with no bleed. If you're getting bleed on certain sides, then you need to adjust them to make sure that, that they line up correctly, right? Yeah. There you go. Oh, Alan says his Mach 3 is all original. The laser disc player still works. So, what? Alan, yours is the only one we've ever seen that actually works 100% with original hardware, so... Now they have that um, what the I forget the laser is it I forget what the um, the little SD board that they have uh, that holds an SD card and 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 mimics the uh, laser the laser disc player is now they have that and so I think there have been several that run off that now but um, it seems like it's very rare to find one running off laser disc still correct oh yeah I'd love to own another one now though that they have that yeah, exactly it makes it much more reliable so. Okay, Tim, let us continue on with our questions. And the next one is from Nathaniel. And I'll go ahead and bring it up on the screen here. I just got a light gun arcade, Lethal Enforcers. The screen is okay, but I'm curious if you have any suggestions if I'd be able to switch to an LCD. Ass assuming I would need new guns, but just hoping there's a way. I know that CRTs don't last forever. So, oh, Dexter, by the way, before we move on, Tim, Alan, uh, Alan mentioned Dexter is the, the little SD-based board that you can get, uh, SD card-based board that you can get that mimics the Laserdisc player. I just wanted to mention that because I've seen them, and they look awesome, but um, don't have any experience with them, unfortunately. But, Tim, with that out of the way, let's get to Nathaniel's question. Lethal Enforcers, Tim, uh, he wants to be able to switch it to an LCD. What options does Nathaniel have to do that? Well, he's going to need to repair his CRT monitor because the original light guns that came with those were made to go with a with a with a CRT. That's just how they work. They get, uh, you know, the optics and everything are made to, and it has a mirror and all that stuff. It's just not going to work with an LCD, a modern. Now, if anybody has come up with a gun that would work with the LCD, that would work with that. I'm not aware of it yet, but I haven't researched that in a while, so somebody in the chat. That's always been something I've heard people talk about making, but I don't know that anybody's actually done it yet. And, and Tim, I think you're correct in that. I don't think we've seen any LCD-compatible uh, arcade guns yet. Now, we have seen them 
for home consoles, Tim, I believe a comp- I think it's Retrobit sells a Duck Hunt set that it, it uh, makes a light gun basically that works with an LCD TV and the Dunk Hunt game for the NES, Duck Hunt. So, I mean, I think we have seen that. We have seen MAME-based guns, so guns that hook up to PCs that work with LCD screens as well. But I don't know of any arcade-based optical guns that work with LCDs yet, as far as these classic games are concerned. So, like Area so 51 and Lethal Enforcers. What, we, what was that, Tim? That might be an option for him, is to use one of the MAME guns and run a Raspberry Pi or something, run just Lethal Enforcers or something, if that's what he wants to do, and put an LCD in there. Correct, that yeah. Might- you could go that route. And Rexer Show says uh, the Send and Light gun is one that works, Tim, with MAME. And he says, can you make that work with original hardware? I think that's a USB-based gun, so I think it'd be difficult to make it work with the original hardware the way it is. Um, yeah, it would ha- it would take a revamp of the light gun in order to get it to work with original arcade hardware. Now, like you mentioned, though, Tim, you could do a MAME-based system, keep the board in there, and then use the Send and Light guns on an LCD screen if you wanted to. Yeah. And like I said, it's not that it's not possible. I just don't know that anybody's kind of engineered that yet or taken the time to do it. Correct, yeah. And I don't know if we're going to see that because, Tim, even the newer base light gun games have moved to more of the potentiometer-based style or or newer-style optical um, guns instead of these um, retro-style CRT-based uh, optical guns, correct? Yeah. So, yeah, but I think the, the Send and Light gun does work with MAME very well. But again, it, I don't think it works with original arcade hardware. And so when we're talking about that, Nathaniel, unfortunately, you'll have to stick with the CRT. But Tim, you know, he says that they don't last forever. Tim, they sure do last awful close to forever if you take good care of them, right? Right. And a lot of people are still repairing them and stuff. So why not get it repaired or repair it yourself and uh, try? We'll keep, it, keep them going as long as we can. Absolutely. So, um, and uh, Razor Show says that Sendin is uh, is being used by Arcade One Up for their Big Buck Hunter. So obviously, now you got to remember though that Arcade One Up is still running an emulated version of Big Buck Hunter, and so that USB interface is is of course going to work because it's all emulated anyway. But for non-emulator based systems for original arcade hardware, I don't know if there's a good light gun optical light gun alternative as of right now. So if somebody knows of one, please let us know though. So, Tim, I'm going to go ahead and throw up uh, the slide here. So, Lethal Enforcers is a game that uses optical light guns. Uh, These guns were specifically made to work with CRT monitors, and as such, they do not tend to work with LCD monitors. While there are optical guns that work with LCD monitors and PC-based emulators, we don't know of any of their designed to work with traditional arcade hardware. With that said, CRT monitors can last a long time and are easily repairable in most cases. Yes, the tube can go out, but that's rare, and swapping tubes is still a viable option, provided you have a good donor tube. If you can find one, Tim, then uh, you can always go that route. But, uh, Tim, I mean, it's not bad keeping CRTs running, Tim. Um, The vast majority of the games in my game room here, in fact, all but one of them are CRT and are still running strong, so if that tells you anything. So, I mean, we're still alive and kicking here in the CRT realm. Yeah. So they last a long time, especially if you're only playing them occasionally. Now, if you have a game out on route that has a CRT, it may be a little bit different. Uh, but even then, Tim, as you know, I mean, most of the time, if you have a problem with a, a CRT monitor, it's going to be in the chassis. You can, you can fix the chassis. You can even replace a chassis. Tubes, you can swap if you need to. Yes, it's a bit of a hassle, but it's possible. So there's always options to keep that CRT monitor up and going, correct? Correct. There we go. So, Tim, any more advice for Nathaniel here? No, I don't think so. I would, uh, I would love to, uh, if anybody in the chat room has any ideas, I know that 
Some sometime or another, I hope somebody's going to come out with something like that, but I haven't been aware of it. Yeah, and um, YouTube Punk says the aim track, but I think the aim track is also the same way. I think it's a USB-based light gun made more for PC-based systems. Like I said, I mean, you could always do that. You could throw a PC in your cabinet and run the game. Since you have the original arcade hardware, technically that would be legal for you to do. But um, but again, you know, it's 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 not original arcade hardware at that point, correct? Right. There we go. So, uh, Nathaniel, hopefully it answers your question. And uh, just have fun with your lethal enforcers while it's working. And if you do have an issue with it, let us know. Um, again, CRT monitors aren't bad to repair if need if they need to be. So, uh, good luck with uh, your future repairs. And let us know if you have any issues with, with your lethal enforcers in the future. And uh, let's see. We have uh, Paul Jure says, CRTs forever. So there you go. Of course, that would make sense coming from a guy who repairs them. Uh, YouTube Punk says, uh, my wife doesn't like the fact that I've got four CRT TVs in the garage. Will you just tell her that that we said it was okay there, YouTube Punk. Right, Tim? Yeah. In fact, you should have 10, right? At least. You need some donor tubes. I mean, what happens if your tubes go out? You got to have some tubes around. Alright, three or four is nothing. Yeah, exactly. Man, man, you're light. We know guys that got 20 in their garage, you see. Uh, uh, Pat Danis, is that one, Tim? Yeah, for sure. <laughs> so there we go. Uh, let's see. Um, oh, YouTube Punk says CRTs for life hashtag there. So um, let's see. Greg says, yeah, I need a good black 19-inch CRT for the top of my Dragon's Lair. Cost has gone way up. Yeah, it has. So if you're looking for a new uh, or a slightly used, gently used 19-inch CRT, they are expensive to get nowadays. Right, Tim? Yep. Yeah, I mean, Very. they're not making them anymore, so you kind of ha- have to get what you get. Uh, let's see. Oh, Paul says he just cleaned up... A- Cleaned out a motel that wanted all their CRTs gone. He scored the mother load, Tim. Wow. Just think about how many donor tubes you got there, Paul. It's awesome. I'm just also thinking about what motel just now did that. <laughs> <laughs> Probably not the kind that you want to stay at. No, just kidding. I mean, hey, you know, it's expensive, Tim. If you're a, if you're an independent hotel owner, to replace all your TVs, that's I mean, the cost is quite a bit, right? Oh, I'm sure, but I would have done that about 10 years ago, probably. Well, still, I mean, hey... Good score for Paul, and hopefully uh, you'll have some good to- donor tubes out of that lot. So if not, hey, I, Tim, on the other side of this screen that I'm watching all you guys on is a CRT TV. I've got several of those in storage as well. I love them, Tim. Can't get enough of them. It's the only way yep. to game if you're gaming old school. So. And right behind you is a big LCD on the wall that you watch football on. Uh, this one up here, that's <laughs> right. Yeah, I've got one up there too. But right. um, yeah, it, well, you know, actually, you know, I watch baseball and football on my CRT. Sometimes it's got a um, it's got a Roku hooked up to it with uh, RCA cables, Tim. Yellow, red, oh. white. So, high, I'm telling you, high quality connections. So. That's kind of like that game we just worked on, huh? That's right, <laughs> exactly. Now, YouTube Punk says the kind of hotel that has CRT still, Tim, is the ones that charge by the hour, is what he says. Yeah, I believe that's right. <laughs> so, <laughs> there we go. So anyway, uh, Tim, I think it's time to move on. But yeah, CRTs rock. CRTs for life. We love CRTs. But hey, nothing wrong with putting an LCD in either, just as long as it's not in an optical light gun game. Right, Tim? Correct. There we go. So. And with that said, let us move on to Marcel's question, Tim. And he says, hello, I just acquired an old Street Fighter 2. I have installed a new JAMA harness and rewired everything. I have power to the CRT through a transformer, but when I turn the cabinet, when I turn the cabinet, there is not activity on the monitor or chassis. I do hear some clicking and ticking, uh, though. I think that's why he meant to say though, but he said thought. Uh, do you have any recommendations for a fix? I am thinking about converting this to an LCD monitor instead. Thoughts? 
Okay, so Tim, we've got um, clicking, ticking monitor here. So obviously we're having monitor issues. Now he has two questions in his little thing here. Let me see if I can see it. Um, do you have any recommendations for a fix on this monitor? And what do you think about converting it to LCD? So Tim, first one, what recommendations do you have for a fix? Now, Tim, I did put the picture up there for a second. And I think we identified that it was a Hantorex MTC 9000, correct? Yes, that's exactly what it looked like. That brought me back to a lot of those uh, early 2000s, late 90s games for Chuck E. Cheese. Um, and every one of them, you know, we always say there's usually ticking is not a good sound for anything. You know, it's either a bomb or <laughs> time's running out or whatever. Um, ticking noise like that usually indicate something in the high voltage area starting to fail in that uh, sometimes it's just a filter cap or I remember that that Hanorex in particular had um, a cap right in the middle that you could almost track it down so you could even feel it ticking on there and so that's what we replace that a lot of times that would take care of that so just one cap would do it but uh, if a cap kit doesn't work I definitely look at the hot on it and probably go from there. Now, uh, Paul said it, it looks like a Cortex as well. And yet, to me, uh, Tim, some of the Cortex and some of the Hantrax is really hard to tell the difference between. Um, but in, a, in any case, I mean, you should be able to get um, a repair kit for this that includes like a cap kit, a flyback, and a hot, correct? Yeah. So, and do you think, do you, I mean, it sounds like more of a high voltage issue to me. What are you thinking? I, that's what I was, my original thought was that it was something in that high voltage area, except for, like I said, I do remember a ton of those being a cap right in there, more like a filter cap or something, right in the middle of that chassis. Uh, just first glance when I saw that picture, it just brought back two or three times. Uh, what was that game that we had, uh, Jonathan, with the, with the cops where you tried to pull them over? Tokyo Cop. Tokyo Cop. One of the funnest games we ever had. We should have kept it. Um, that one had that same issue, and that looked like a similar monitor. Could be a Cortex. Uh, same type, of, same difference, though. Right in the middle of that monitor, um, below the heat sink, kind of was a was a cap that seemed like it would always fail, and it would tick like that. Yeah, one of the things, Tim, that makes this monitor kind of distinguishable is it does have that big fan on top of like where the flyback is or around that area. Um, and I've seen Cortex with that, and I've also seen the Hantrex with that. So, I mean, to me, it looked like a Hantrex. I know Paul's saying Cortex. I've seen both of them with that big fan on top, and I'll show you what I mean. I'm going to go ahead and bring up the slide here. But that big fan kind of over top where the little flyback area is right there, um, that seems like it's, it's like I said, I've seen some Cortex like that, and I've also seen the Hantrex like that. So I, it could be either one. But when I was looking at it, it looked more like a Hantrex to me than a Cortex, but that was just me. So, I mean, it could have been either one. But um, I'll go ahead and read the slide here. From your picture, it looks like your cabinet has a Hantrex MTC 9000 monitor chassis installed. Usually a ticking or clicking sound indicates that the chassis is having an issue with high voltage, the high voltage section. Usually what we call high, high voltage shutdown, right, Tim? Yeah. So you can start off this repair by checking the horizontal output transistor to see if it's shorted and replace if necessary. Check out the other components in the high voltage section as well, Tim. Of course, you know, uh, you mentioned caps, flyback, all that good stuff in that high voltage section. Now, Tim, it's probably a good time, considering how dirty this thing looks, to go ahead and do a rebuild on the chassis. If you're going to take it out and 
do some work on it anyway, you might as well just go ahead and rebuild it. And so Bob Roberts does sell the repair kit for the Hantorax, if it is a Hantorax, for $33 plus shipping, Tim. Now, that includes the flyback, the cap kit, and the hot. So you get all the parts. And Tim, we should mention, which we mentioned in previous episodes, that Bob Roberts is back in business and Alice is actually shipping everything, right? Yeah, uh, I just ordered some stuff from them. The only thing that threw me off, John, was that they have moved. And if you're used to getting uh, something from South Louisiana, uh, they moved to Maine. And I thought that was quite a move Um you know, from Bob. So I didn't get it quite as fast as I used to being right here in Texas, but it only took a couple of days and they did cross ship as always and included Langapi. And if you ordered from Bob, you know what that is. You know, I think I'm pronouncing that right. Uh, yeah. Is it, I always think it's long yop or is it Langapi? I have no idea. You're, you're, you lived in Louisiana longer than I have. So you would probably know better than I do. So I, he he introduced me to it. Um, a lot of people call it like a baker's dozen. Um, you know, getting more than what you pay for is always. Uh, so I still got my what probably some kind of French like Lenape or something. Somebody that knows how to pronounce it, uh, spell that out in the chat room. Maybe there you go. <laughs> we need some phonetics on that, right? Yeah, Langapi is as close as I get. There you go. So now now Tim, uh, we should mention that with Bob Roberts, a lot of people have kind of a frustrating time ordering from him so tim the way you do it is you send them an email with what you want to order they send you right. back an amount that that's gonna that that's gonna cost with shipping and then you write a check and literally put it in the in the mail and send it to them and tim if they know you pretty well they'll cross ship it correct yeah which means they will ship it before they get your payment and if they if they don't get your payment you'll just never order from them again so that's kind of the way it works but um it's always been good with them they've always uh, been bob's always done really well for us uh, parts are good quality and uh, we we really have we have been recommending bob roberts for a long time tim even though for a while there he was down we're glad to see they're back up open and shipping it is actually pronounced lanyap lan yeah lanyap yep. or lanyap or something yeah there you go like i said i'm not I didn't take French. I didn't take French in uh, high school, Tim. It was Spanish for me. We live here in Texas, you know. So, right. But anyway, so you can order that rebuild kit from Bob Roberts for thirty-three dollars plus shipping, Marcel, and that's probably what we would recommend in this particular. Now, double check us though, and make sure that it is indeed a Hantrax MTC nine thousand, Tim. Like I said, that's what it looked like to me, but I can be wrong, and I'll admit that I can be wrong. So you know, give it a look over and see if um, see if there is a. Um, See if there's something. It could be a Cortex, like Paul was saying. And Tim, to me, the Cortex and the and the Hantrax look very similar. So it's very hard for me to even tell. But you may compare with some of the Cortex models as well, just to make sure. But Tim, just from me looking at it, it looks more like a Hantrax. Again, double check, or you can send a picture to um, to Bob. Even Tim, he could probably tell you, right? Yeah. So you know, if you're if you're looking to order from him, I'm sure he'll help you out. But anyway, Marcel, hopefully that answers your question, and good luck getting that monitor back up and running. And and yeah, oh Tim, the second part of his question we didn't talk about, even though we did. Um, what about an LCD in here? What do you think? It's got a 25 inch. It looks like. So I mean, how do you feel about an LCD? I have no problem with it. Yeah, if you want to go LCD, you can. If you don't feel confident in doing the rebuild kit, you can go that route. Tim, for the 26 inch replacement for this though, what is it? Three, four hundred? Yeah. It's a, it's about about four hundred with shipping or th- higher three hundred. It was high three hundreds. We actually just put one in a cocktail cabinet for a customer, and I think it was high three hundreds to get it ordered. So, and that was shipped and everything though. 
So, I mean, if you want to go that route, put the 26-inch uh, widescreen in there. We ordered ours from Twisted Quarter, Tim, because we ordered a lot from them. And uh, it came, was in great great quality, did a good job. So, I mean, you know, you could go that route. Uh, we would probably side on trying to repair the monitor first, though, right, Tim? Yeah, and, uh, and that vertically mount stuff, remember, a lot of people don't like the way it looks. It Even it stretches it a little bit, doesn't it, John? Correct. So, um, but you see, it's okay though, like on that, the Game Pro one that you ordered from Twisted Quarter, you could actually adjust it to where it wasn't as stretched out as you'd normally have it. Like you could adjust the height on it, which was very nice. And so if you had a bigger bezel, for instance, you could cover up the sides a little bit more and get more of a true four by three if you wanted to. You're going to sacrifice some screen size on that, but it's not a big deal. So, uh, Tim, I, I see the Vintage Tech guy is actually asking about a question in the room. I think that we're going to get to this question or something very similar right now. So uh, Vintage Tech Guy, if you're there, um, I don't know if your name is Nick, but if it is, we're about to answer that question right now. So let's go ahead and get into it here, Tim. And this is a question okay. from Nick. Hey there, I've attached a picture of my issue. It looks like a specific color has a horizontal offset. I cannot fix this solution through the board, so I'm assuming it's through the rings, which I am very hesitant on touching. In red, you can see to the left of the AMR is like a blue ghost image among the other words. Any idea how to fix this? Now, Tim, it just seems to be a convergence month, doesn't it? Yeah, it seems that way. we got a theme going on. I really do think so. So, Tim, obviously we're having some convergence issues with the colors on the monitor. Now, Tim, Nick mentions here that... Um, Nick mentions here that he's um, seeing like a... He's seeing, he's seeing a little bit to the left of the R and a little bit over maybe to the other side as well, this ghosting image. And a lot of times when we see that, he mentions convergence, and that's what you think as well, correct? Yes, that's what I think it probably is. So uh, typically... Now, Tim, this is not as bad as what we were seeing with like the blurriness down at the bottom, right? Right. It's a little different. Right. So this is probably more along the lines of the purity I, I, or convergence rings, correct? Yeah, what I was alluding to earlier, the actual rings themselves are just not in quite lined up. Right. And so, um, Tim, we actually have an, a nice video on adjusting the convergence rings that we talked about earlier, Tim, that shows this. But, um, you know, just give everybody kind of an overview of how to go about that process. Well, what we like to do is, number one, mark where they are in the beginning so that if you make it worse, you can at least go back to where you were. <laughs> and so then just trying, like, each ring going each direction to try to get that to line up better. And I think Paul had a great idea earlier of going to the grid screen, you know, and doing that. I think that that would also help him line those up. Absolutely. And Tim, each um, each of the rings correspond. Some of them correspond to color and some of them correspond to different things. If you look up the model of your monitor, a lot of times it will tell you what those rings actually do on each individual monitor. So if you know the model of your monitor, you may check the manual for that. It'll actually give you a little bit of insight on that. But um, Tim, a lot of times for us, it's more of a trial and error process, correct? Right. I was going to say, uh, we've never really gone that far because once we mark where they were, it was just more of a trial and error. Okay, that looks better. No, yes, no. And it usually didn't take us very long to get those lined back up. Correct. And, you know, it's 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 kind of, it can be frustrating because, like we mentioned, uh, you can make things worse very easily if you're not careful. And so you want to make sure that you do mark them ahead of time so at least that way you have your starting point that you can get back to if needed. Um, Tim, there's a chance, just like there was with the other one, though, that you may have to physically adjust the yoke as well, correct? Yeah. So you may actually, yeah, you may actually have to um, to do this. Now, his name is Logan, Tim, but it's basically the same kind of problem. 
Uh, oh, actually, he's having something a little bit different. He says he's having um, lower horizontal. It says lower horizontal half of the graphics is being repeated on the top half. So, Tim, that almost sounds more like a board issue in uh, the Vintage Tech Guy's case, correct? I, I agree. That sounds more like a chip uh, on his board issue. Right, gotcha. So, um, but other than that, this does, in Nick's particular case, the question that we're actually covering, this sounds more like a convergence issue. So, Tim, I'm going to go ahead and throw up the slide here. Very similar to what we had earlier, except... Um, like I said, this may be more with the the uh, convergence rings than with maybe a full-on yoke adjustment. So from your picture here, Nick, it, it definitely looks like you're having a convergence issue. Unlike our previous question, this looks like you may be able to solve it by just adjusting the convergence purity rings. The convergence is mostly correct and seems to just need a little tweaking to get it back in line. Uh, see our post again on adjusting convergence rings and setting up and adjusting an arcade monitor for more information? But Tim, we've mentioned it several times, and we'll mention it again. Uh, the most important step is to make sure you draw a line across the rings so that you know their original position. We can't stress that enough. So Nick, make sure you do that, and you should be in good shape. So uh, Nick, hopefully that answers your question, and good luck getting the convergence uh, back dialed in on your monitor there, Tim. Uh, it doesn't look like anything that can't be overcome with a little bit of uh, adjustment, right, Tim? Yeah. There we go. It's not at all. So... Um, yeah, vintage, vintage Tech Guy, again, we kind of interrupted it there in the middle of the question. If you're seeing um, the lower horizontal half of the graphics is the same as the top half, that sounds more like a board issue because typically monitors don't do that. It's possible for it to, to be a monitor issue, but rare. Um, more of, like I said, more of probably some sort of, of board issue at that point. And so um, Louis is actually sending him to some videos on uh, some different... Um, different things that may help him out. So hopefully uh, some of those links will help you out, Vintage Tech Guy. But we will also check out, you, you sent us your email. We'll also make sure that we check it out and see um, the one that you sent us in. Because, uh, you know, if you sent the picture in, we could probably give you better advice based on that picture. So, uh, but like I said, Louis posting some links for you. And we'll get back to you uh, as, soon as, uh, as soon as we get a little moment here to do that. So, Tim, I want to mention something real quick, too, while we're just kind of talking about people sending in questions. So we have a voicemail line. Does everybody know what the voicemail line is? Tim, do you know what it is? I don't even know what it is. 972-8-AR-TIPS is an arcade repair tips. 972, the number 8, AR, arcade repair tips, AR-TIPS. So if you leave a voicemail there, I mean, we try to get back to you, but a lot of times we don't. Tim, I have been texting people from that line because oh. it's way easier. So it's in yeah. taking the voicemails because the voicemails I have to listen to and then I have to call them back and they may not be there. So what we've been doing is we've been taking the voicemails and I've been texting people back. So if you want to send in your question that way, you can text us at 972, the number eight, AR tips is an arcade repair tips. That's 972-827-8477. Look at that, Tim. I haven't memorized. So we used to say it all the time on the show, um, but we stopped right. doing it because it was just so hard to keep up with the voicemails. So now you can text us 972 972- Eight two seven eight four seven seven. So if you want to do that, you can do that as well. There has been a couple times we were out in the shop working, somebody called and we answered. It. That's true. It's a, it happens sometimes. A lot of times it's hard for me to answer the phone, though. I mean, we both have full-time jobs. So if I'm at my work, I'm probably not going to answer your question. But here's the thing, Tim. If I get a free moment, I may text you back, right? There you go. So there you go. Um but anyway, guys, so 927-827-8477. You can send in your, your questions via text. Tim, I should mention I'm extremely tired. 
Uh, and I don't know if, he, if that's coming across on camera, but uh, I have been on the quest for something, and we'll talk about it in the after show, but uh, it has involved staying up many a late night trying to obtain this item. So uh, I don't want to give away what the item is. You'll have to stand, stay tuned to the after show. But if you've been keeping up with the news at all, you probably already know. So, um, But I have been trying to obtain uh, two of these for, for my sister-in-law and for a friend, and so um, it's been very difficult. So, um, you know, but if you want to hear more about that, tune into the after show. Not really arcade related, but it does it does mean that I am more tired than usual, unfortunately, Tim. And I know you've been working like 15-hour days plus building games, so you've got to be tired as well, right? I mean, it seemed, and the change in the weather or something, just change in the time and just seem extra tired these days. Getting, getting dark at 5 o'clock here, um, and usually it doesn't get... Like, during the summertime, it doesn't get dark till 9. Plus, Tim, cold weather, and I know we're going to say cold weather. It's 42 degrees outside. Tim, for Texas, that's freezing, so. Yeah, we're, like, in a blizzard over here. Exactly. So, oh, YouTube punk may have guessed what I'm trying to get. Yes, I am trying to get that <laughs> object. You'll have to check the live chat, though, to know what that is. So, um, But anyway, yeah. Tim, this is the last of our questions, so you know what that means. Rapid-fire questions from YouTube. So, Tim, let's go ahead and move into that real quick. So, our first question is from Matthias. I guess that's how you say it. Can you safely clean the back of a monitor with a cloth when it is not discharged? Just the back, not the actual monitor chassis. Um, then we have one from John that says, Hey man, I have a RoboCop. I need to wire the monitor up. I have the power wire, but I am not sure how or what to connect it to. It's not even cut yet. It still has the wall end on it. So, John trying to hook up a monitor into a RoboCop that has an actual plug on it, Tim. And then we okay. have B, and that's all he left for his name, but he says, I have a Valley Cougar dark game with Honest Ernie, and it doesn't always register my coins when I enter them. It looks, it, it's like it picks and chooses when it wants to give me credits. What should I do? So, Tim, let's take these rapid fire one at a time. The first question is from Matthias, and he says, can you safely clean the back of the monitor? And, Tim, I'm assuming he's talking about the tube. Yeah. But can you safe, safely clean the back of a monitor with a cloth when it is not discharged, just the back, not the actual monitor chassis? Well, you can do it, but it's probably not the recommended way that we would do it. Yeah, we would recommend a discharge for sure. I mean, we should say that up front. I mean, it's better to discharge it if you're going to clean it, but you can do it without discharging it, correct? For sure. I mean, you just have to be really careful, but uh, said not very recommended. Also, just using a cloth... There's not really anything wrong with that. There's just other things that we found. Just the canned air or compressed air uh, seems to work better. Blowing it off or a really light, soft, gentle brush. Um, you might have heard me mention it before, Jonathan. I like the makeup brush like my daughter likes to use. Right. Those work really good. Um, just, you know, you got to be careful. You don't want to scrub on that too hard. And, and Tim, a lot of times, I mean, we've done this before. We talked about this for simple green if you discharge it, of course. So you discharge it, you, you spray some simple green on it and leave it for a little bit, wipe it down. You can do that. But you have to discharge it if you're going to do that, right? Yes. You need to discharge it anytime you're working on, on any kind of monitor. Exactly. But you can get away with just with, with not discharging it. If you just use some canned air and maybe some sort of brush. You mentioned like a makeup brush. I like the anti-static brushes that you can get, Tim, uh -huh. to just kind of do it with the plastic handles. So technically, you could clean it with something like that without discharging it. But Tim, most of the time, we're going to recommend a discharge, correct? Yeah, why, why not? Why not? 
take why just just takes a second, you know, to go ahead and discharge it and try it from there. That's exactly right. Now, John Tim has a RoboCop, and he's want he wants to wire up the monitor, and it sounds like the monitor has a physical plug on it, and so he wants to put that in, but he's not sure exactly where to connect it up to. So, how can John hook up the power to his monitor in his RoboCop game? Well, we like to use uh, Bob Roberts has a diagram, and I know you you got that in the slide, John, where you can show him, and that'd be a good way to start. But surely there was a monitor in there at some time. And so there has to be AC power going up there. And that's where you need to tap into to, into those. Now, we like a monitor. You know, we don't want to just wire it up straight. You want, need to put a Molex connector or something where you can at least unplug it in case you ever have to work on the monitor or take it out of the game. So um, I don't know that we've ever shot just a specific video like that. But if he has more questions about that, he could uh, ask uh, further questions. But you got to tap into it somehow, and Bob Roberts' site would give him at least some idea of where it should end up. And t- Yeah, I'm going to go a step further here, Tim, and tell him about that diagram a bit. Uh, Tim, we recommend the power distribution block, which, which basically distributes the AC power throughout the game. But, Tim, if you don't have that in your arcade cabinet, if your monitor already has a physical plug on it, you can just cut that sucker off and splice in anywhere there's AC power, correct? Even up to your, your lights up top probably have AC running to them. As long as it's 100, you know, 115, something like that, 120 volts AC. Um, if your monitor has a plug on it, it was designed to work without an isolation transformer. So you should be able to tap in anywhere there's AC voltage. Correct, Tim? Correct. There we go. And then, Tim, Valley Cougar, this is from B, Valley Cougar Dark Game, Honest Ernie, doesn't coin up all the time. What's going on? Well, if it's doing it some some of the times... There's a couple things. There's probably a wiring issue or cold solder or something if, if it's wired up to the switch. Or the switch is getting caught or something's going on. It's not making. We've had to tweak them just a little bit with a pair of needle nose, bending the switch ever so slightly so that it doesn't take as much. You'll hear it click. And you want to make that bend it closer to the end of the switch not the end that uh, the coin hits, but the opposite end that pivots as close to that as you can so it doesn't take as much to make that. Probably just a, needs a little bit of tweak in there or a wiring issue or something that is associated with that. Correct. So, Tim, I think we covered all of, uh, all of the questions in this YouTube rapid-fire section, Tim, so let me go ahead and put up the outline here. Matthias, yes, we, but we would not recommend a cloth for doing it if you're going to do it without discharging it. Try some canned air and maybe an anti-static brush instead. But Tim, really the best way to do it is to discharge it, simple green, wipe it down, and then you're in good shape, correct? I agree. So there you go. John, wiring up games, we like to use the AC wiring diagram that Bob Roberts has, and there's a link to it here as well as down in the show notes. But like we mentioned, just cut the plug off the thing and then wire it anywhere there's AC power, right, Tim? Yeah. I mean, it could be to the marquee light. Like Tim mentioned, most marquee lights just use straight AC power from the, the, power, from the wall. Um, you could wire it up to an AC filter line. You could wire it up to, um, to your power supply, right, Tim? Yeah. So, I mean, right. yeah, I mean, there's no, there's no limit. Anywhere you've got that 120 volts AC, as long as your monitor has an actual plug on the end of it, you should just be able to cut that sucker off and wire it in, correct? Yeah, worst case scenario we didn't mention, you could actually run it out of the back of the game and plug it into the wall. Yeah, you could have a power strip, or you could plug the power strip inside the game, plug the game, plug the monitor into it, and run the cord for the power strip out of it. Right. Seen that a lot. 
we try to eliminate as many wires and stuff as we can. Absolutely. So, but uh, yeah, so you have a lot of options there. Just make sure that you uh, connect the, the the AC line, AC, AC neutral, and, and floor ground to a AC line neutral and floor ground in your cabinet. And then B, like Tim mentioned, probably either a switch or a wiring issue. Now, Tim, you mentioned bending up that switch uh, wire a little bit, which does help. Uh, and also checking the wiring with the multimeter, making sure that's working properly. And um, also checking the connection between the board and the switch is very important, correct? Correct. So there we go. So I think we covered everything there, Tim, for Matthias, John, and B. And if you guys have any additional questions about any of the questions that you sent in or anything that we said about them, please let us know and we'll try to help you out further. Tim, it looks like we've got uh, Louis helping out some of the guys in the live chat here. Um, one of the questions we got that I do want to I do want to get here is... Um, Danny Ransom said, uh, can you use a JAMA harness on original Neo Geo equipment? So actually the Neo Geo harness is like the harness itself is the same amount of pins and connects properly. The wiring is a bit different between Neo Geo and standard JAMA, correct? Yeah. So we have the pinouts for the Neo Geo scheme at um, arcaderepairtips.com slash neogeo.html. And you can compare those to the standard JAMA harness, which is at arcaderepairtips.com slash jamma.html excuse me so if you go to those you can actually compare the difference now tim i do believe that the boards will fire up properly if you switch them so in other words like the board will come up you'll see video in most cases but you may not the game may not play correctly if you switch between neo geo and jamma wiring uh pinouts correct Correct. So because the video wires are all the same, I believe the power wires are mostly the same. So in other words, you're going to get video, you're going to get power, but your controls maybe are slightly different for sure. And so you may get it up on the screen, but you're not going to be able to play it like you normally would. Um, that would be the downside. So make sure if you're wiring up something for a Neo Geo, you can use a JAMA harness. Just make sure you wire it using the Neo Geo JAMA pinout. And that's the key. So let's see what else we have here. I'm just checking out. Um, and it looks like, uh, let's see, I see Prince of Pinball is having some issues and it looks like Louie's helping him out and it looks like that, yeah, anytime you've got like a playing blind issue or something like that, it, or if you have um, a game that doesn't power on at all, Tim, always start at power, correct? Yeah. We're going to re reiterate that and Geeklight08 uh, also says the same thing, ASAP, Tim, always start at power, so try that out. Um, let's see what else we have here. So, um, Dragon Punch, I don't think we got around to your question. I'm going to get that. Dragon Punch Dave says, I have a question regarding my SNK SC19 arcade cabinet. I have a greenish hue on my 19-inch CRT monitor, and the brown color hardly shows. I've already tried adjusting through the RGB pots and gain with no luck. Now, Tim, a lot of times when we have, like, a single color hue on the monitor, it's because we're missing another color, correct? Right. So we, yeah. we have a great video on checking a monitor tube, Dragon Punch Dave, that you may want to check out. But it could be that uh, one of your colors is completely missing, which is why you're getting that greenish hue is because maybe your red is missing. And so all that's coming through is really that greenish blue hue instead. And so yeah. um, you may need to check the, the color drive transistors on your monitor, check the color inputs on, on your monitor where the board connects to the monitor. And then you can also, uh, also check your tube, right, Tim? And do the tube test that we show in the checking a monitor tube video, correct? Correct. So Dragon Punch Dave, check out that video and try all of those things out and let us know if that fixes your issue. And let's see... Have, um, Danny says, having a problems finding a power supply for my Cruisin' World Arcade. Any suggestions? Tim, should be uh, Suzo Hap, correct? Yeah. I mean, if you can't find them anywhere else, Suzo Hap will have them, correct? 
Yeah, tell them your game, and they still carry those. Now, Suzo Hap does have a minimum order, which is kind of a bummer. Um, I think, is it $100? Yeah, but it's probably about that much for one of those power supplies. Yeah, and um, Geeklight 08 says Twisted Quarter should have it. That is correct, because Twisted Quarter buys uh, Suzo Hap in bulk and resells. So it'd be cheaper if you know what it is from Twisted Quarter. But, Tim, if you don't know what it is, Suzo Hap can tell you, correct? Yes, they can tell you which one's uh, supposed to be with it. There we go. So I think, Tim, that does it. I think we're all caught up on questions and everything. So you know what that means, Tim? Yeah. Your tech tip. Oh. <laughs> Not Christmas presents. Hey, hey, the waiting is the hardest part, Tim, to quote uh, Tom Petty. So there we go. So first things first, Tim, your tech tip for the month. Now, Tim, we've been covering all of the games you've been building, and this is just another version of the same game. But um, I, I, th I think you like to show these things off to people. So I'm going to go ahead and put the pictures up here so people can see them. Okay. So tell us about the Multicade Refrigerator Stand-Up XL Edition, Tim. Okay, the XL edition, we actually included a trackball, as you can see. Uh, it has a larger refrigerator, holds 120 cans, and it does a kind of cool light effect, as you can see in the bottom. Um, this one, we were really proud of, and we had our artwork up top. You can't really see that very good, the first marquee that we had made with our logo and stuff. But uh, we, So we basically uh, patterned it kind of after a Miss Pac-Man Galaga style. And uh, anyway, I was pretty happy with how it came up, came out. The uh, trackballs lit. Uh, the player one and player two start buttons are lit. I just don't like the lit buttons for fire and stuff, so I've used the regular ones for that. Uh, but anyway, uh, that one is for sale. If anybody uh, wants to uh, up their Christmas ante or talk to your wife, that one will hold 124 cans of your favorite beverage. <laughs> And, uh, well, I'll make you a good deal, especially if it's one of our listeners or something, and uh, try to help you out with shipping if we can. Anyway, uh, so I thought that one came out really good. I, I really, I, I love that the cocktail is still my favorite, but I think the average person really seems to enjoy or like, like I get a lot of comments on this one. You know, people don't realize, Tim, I think until they see it, that uh, the the cocktails take up a lot more room than people think because of because you have to have the cocktail, but then you have to have two stools on the end, and you have to have enough room for people to get in and out. And so stand-ups don't take up really nearly as much floor space when you really think about it. Not really. The cocktails are a little easier to carry around, like if you have an SUV or something. But you're right, they take up a little uh, less space than a cocktail, actually. Uh, YouTube Punk says, is this the XFL edition? Uh, yeah. Hey, if you want some Dallas Renegades graphics on there, I bet Tim can hook you up, right? Definitely do that. <laughs> and there you go. <laughs> Tim, I think I want to get one in XFL colors. That'd be hilarious. So um, there we go. But Tim, I think it looked nice. I got to see it in person. Now, you didn't do the Line X on this one like you did the other ones, correct? No, we decided just to paint this one um, to keep it more of that uh, kind of classic look and feel. Uh, but I was pretty, I tell you what, the MDF soaked up the wood like crazy. It took three coats of paint. Golly. You don't have to put that much on one. Wow. Okay. Well, there you go. It looks, uh, it looks good. I got to see it in person. I thought it looked, uh, incredibly professional, Tim. It looks really great. Nice setup. Good job, uh, with you and your helper, Mike, there. And, uh, if somebody, like, if somebody wants it, contact Tim at Tim at ArcadeRepairTips.com and he'll hook you up with a good price, right? Yep. There we go. So, Tim, it's time. I got mine. So, this one, this is from Tim. 
So now I should mention we're going to hold um, YouTube Punk. I got yours right here. So I'm going to hold that one. We'll do that one last. Uh, so Tim, do you want to go first or should it be me? You go first this year. Okay, I'll go first this year. Okay, let's see here. Got oh, I, I see. Oh my goodness. Okay. Now this is one that you can never have enough of right here. So this right here is the heavy duty mega strap. Now for those of you guys who don't move arcade games or haven't, this is what you need right here. Right, Tim? Yeah. So this is a this is a Husky. So Home Depot? Yeah. Yeah, I was about to say Husky brand. But how long is this thing? I don't know. That one's just a monster one, isn't it? Twenty seven feet and two yeah. inches across. Tim, it has a working load of three of three hundred and three thousand three hundred and thirty three pounds. Right. That's a lot of arcade games right there, guys. That's like ten. I can I could strap ten arcade games with this thing and it wouldn't break, right? Exactly. So if we go on a big game hall, uh, we're going to use that. We had one one time. We did. We did have the mega, the mega yellow, and this is the new mega yellow, right? Yeah, the new mega yellow one. Awesome. <laughs> Thank you, Tim. So well, there's I'm one. I was about to say there's it. one more thing in here. Hang on, and it is wrapped. So oh. okay, here we go. Let's see what we got here. Oh, I'm so excited. I'll preference. This is something my realtor had. You know, Tim, I have been wanting to buy one of these for a while, and I, I'm i too cheap to do it. You know what I'm saying? Uh -huh. And uh, and I am... This is awesome. Awesome. Oh, wow. I'm glad you, you don't have I do there. not. I, like I said, I'm too cheap to pull it. So, pull the trigger on it. So, this is a, a laser measure. And, uh, and Tim, these things are awesome. Uh, they're, they're, and yeah, I've seen the realtors use them whenever they go into houses where they just shoot across the room, and they know exactly how big the room is. It's awesome. Uh, so I have been wanting one of these for a while, but again, I have been putting it off because they, you know, it's just one of those things like, it's like, you know, just never, well, it's like when you need it, you think about it when you need it. And then when you don't need it, you don't think about it, you know? Right. Well, I got a good Black Friday deal on that one, John. Well, so. <laughs> I, well, I tell you what, it's awesome. Tim, really, that means a lot. Thank you so much. Oh, good. Well, what I really wanted was they have one that looks like a tape measure. It looks like a tape measure. <laughs> and shoot it, you can go point to point, and it'll tell you how long, like that. But that one our realtor had, and I thought, I know you do a lot of home remodeling, everything, John, so you can actually figure the square feet in a room real quickly. You can go how many square feet here and here, and it'll tell you real quick. Oh, I am so, I'm excited big time. Yeah, that one I hope um, hope works really good. It seems like one of the better ones after I researched them a little bit. Very nice. Thank you, Tim. Awesome. Right, okay, right. your turn. It's my turn. I should, I, John, I don't think everybody can see the wrapping paper. You can talk about oh, that you can, you can see the wrapping paper. It is a National Lampoon Christmas Vacation uh, wrapping paper. Hold up. Just hold up a piece of it there. You can see it. Oh, he disappeared. You're behind the paper. There it is. Mary Clark Miss. You see it? Great movie. I, I was telling Tim uh, before he came on the show, it's like I don't get to watch it as much as I'd like to because we have little kids in the house and, you know, um, they control the TV and something I have to watch after the kids go to bed, so. Oh, my gosh, guys. There's more than one thing in here. There's always okay. more than one thing. There's always, like, three things, right? We got to start with, all right, the first one. All right, this is some kind of drill bit set. It's the Bosch. Drill and drive set. So Tim, Tim, I asked him what he wanted, and he said he needed some drill bits and things. So I found that drill bit set, Black Friday deal, Tim, um, for uh -huh. you. And so um, you know, we got that hooked up. Hopefully, that's going to have all the drill bits that you need. It's not like a complete set, but it's got the common ones in it. So oh, it's like one of those things too that I could 
somebody else, I could get this four more times for Christmas. I'd be happy each time because I'm always breaking them. And they're always tough. Exactly. Okay, so this is a t-shirt. Let's see what this one says. Coming to a live show near you. <laughs> oh, can we see it? Oh, there we go. Oh, kind of. Oh, there it is. It's an Incom t-shirt. Incom. As in right. uh, the company from Tron. Yeah, Incom. That's the kind of shirt that you wear around and like only people who know get it. Right. You know what I'm exactly. saying? Like, you know, it's like some like a hundred people are gonna look at that shirt, but there's gonna be one person who'll come up to you and say, Tron and then you'll know that guy. Yeah. Exactly. And last but certainly not the least, if I can get in here with it. Oh, there it is. Pac Man Monopoly. Yeah, my Monop Monopoly Pac Man game with the mini arcade included. So this is a really cool version. Can y'all see that? Yeah, I can see it. The mini arcade is included inside. And it's probably one of those things now I'll have to decide, am I actually going to play it or I'm going to keep it unopened? So that's, <laughs> well, if you, want, be... if you want another one, it's on sale today for $15. So, um, But, Tim, I'm going to go okay. ahead and put up what you got because I actually put it all up here. And there's also links below in the show notes for Tim's stuff because um, obviously he couldn't send the links to me for what he was getting me because then I would know. But I did put the stuff up here for him. So Tim got the Monopoly Pac-Man board game, which is on sale today if you guys want to pick that up. And then um, the Income Retro 80s movie shirt, which, like I said, only people who know will actually um, will actually mention something about it, but it's always good to see that. And then the Bosch Mixed Bit Set, which, like Tim mentioned, you can't have too many bit sets. Right, Tim? No, that's a nice one. So, but uh, hopefully that's all going to be great for you, Tim. I wanted to get you at least one thing that you actually wanted, and so that's why I got the Bosch uh, bit set. And the other two things, of course... Like I said, you can always use more shirts for the live show, and then uh, hopefully the Monopoly arcade game will be played around your house. Uh, Tim, our uh, New Year's Eve thing is always to play board games. So okay. so maybe you and your wife, or if you have the kids at home, you guys can all have a, a rousing game of Pac-Man Monopoly. So Awesome. Thank you, John. There you go. Oh, Delusional's Arcade's here now, Tim. What's up? You You're just in time for us to open YouTube punks. Tim, any guesses? Paradise Arcade Shop. That's what we know. Well, it's pretty. It's 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 not huge, so I'm gonna guess some kind of score save maybe or. You see, I was uh, I was thinking maybe a joystick. I mean, it's kind of that size box. Yeah, you know. That's, that's I guess. Um, so let's see what else we got. Hang on, it could. Let's see. <laughs> that could fit in there. Okay. Multimeter. I don't know. So uh, I'll open it for both of us here. Okay, I see some wires. So, okay. it, we have wires. Okay. And let's see here. Oh, Tim, I think this is, this kind of goes in line with the the little uh, the laser measure that you got me. Things that are too expensive that we never buy because because it's it, it's like it's hard to remember, but Tim a Crafty Mech test pattern generator. Oh, wow. So, uh, for those of you guys who don't know what this is, this is actually a device that you hook up to a monitor to do testing with, and it comes up with all of the great test patterns, like the crosshatch pattern that Paul Jure was talking about earlier, along with some other ones. Tim, this is something we've wanted for a while, but we just yeah. could not get around to actually purchasing. So, uh, right. man, this is a very, a very, very nice gift, uh, YouTube Punk. So, um, thank you so much for, for, for sending us one. Uh, wow. Wow. 
is all I got to say. That's that's very awesome. Um, I I don't know. Overwhelmed yeah. with gratitude. YouTube Punk, very yeah. awesome. Thank you. And it needed something we didn't have. Exactly. And this is yeah. this is something that we've been needing for a very long time. Something we wanted to invest in but just never did. So. Um, you know what? We'll have to shoot a video in his honor of using it. Show people how to use it or something. We'll do that one one of these years. After one of these years, <laughs> absolutely. But uh, this is this is definitely something. Every if you work on monitors at all, this is something that you should have in your toolkit, right, Tim? Yeah. I mean, because right. there, I mean, you need sometimes you need to test a monitor. You don't have a board around, or your board doesn't have the the right patterns to test it with, or whatever the case may be. This thing will make sure that your monitor is dialed in. It's a great thing, and uh, we can't thank YouTube Punk enough. Thank you, YouTube. Uh, punk for for this uh, very thoughtful uh we'll put it to good use and like tim said we'll shoot a video in a year or so or something like that <laughs> so, <laughs> but hey now this thing's staying at my house tim yeah i'm starting to wonder about that you can now. borrow it if you want to um, you just okay. have to ask okay <laughs> we'll put it in the toolbox that's right we'll put it in the toolbox but um man like i said just thank you so much man that's that's very nice so uh, yeah, let's see what we got here. Um, let's see. Uh, let's see. Delusional's Arcade just gave us some, some money. $20, Tim. Yay. What? Thank you, Delusional. And guys, if you haven't checked out his channel, you really need to do it. He is putting out some excellent content out there. And uh, we can't say enough good things about Delusional's Arcade. So make sure that you're visiting his channel as well. If you like our channel, you'll love his channel. Promise. And uh, YouTube Punk says, thank you, guys. And you're welcome, guys. And we say the same thing. Thank you. So... Uh, let's see. And, and Louie also gave a thank you, Tim. That's how good that gift was. You got a thank you from right. me and Tim and from the moderator in the chat room. Look at that. Um, and YouTube Punk says, extra cables should cover the Nintendo monitors too. Yeah, and and Tim, when I pulled it out, you know, I saw the cables in there. And he's saying that they also have an adapter for the uh, Nintendos as well in here. So, Oh, wow. So, very nice. And Greg says, do the LED light mod for it. Your 9 volts will thank you. Oh, yeah. So, um, let's see. And he's, yeah, he said, I think, and YouTube Punk says he thinks it came with it, and I think it did too. It looks like it may be on here, so. But, uh, man, I tell you what, that's an awesome gift, guys. Thank you guys so much. Thank you, YouTube Punk. Awesome. So, well, Tim, I, I am definitely getting in the Christmas spirit here now. I just have to say that. That was that was great. Thank you so much for my gifts. I'm going to put them to good use, um, and especially the, la the laser measure for sure. So, but... Uh, Okay, Tim, are you ready to move on to our discussion? Or you just want to end it right here? I don't know. I'm, it's kind of like you can end on a high note. Maybe <laughs> so we should have waited till the end. But uh, we got a lot to do between now and then. Uh, so let's go ahead and continue on to our discussion portion, Tim. Now, I posted a, um, a post on our Facebook page and Twitter about Ashens and the uh, Polybius heist. Have you seen uh -huh. this? I did watch um, about half of it. Okay. I'm not true, but I've watched a big portion of what it. What do you think? It's kind of funny. <laughs> it is. You know, for a um, very low-budget film, it's it's actually pretty good. Right. It's kind of like a good low-budget film. <laughs> right. And um, Ashens is a, a YouTube blogger guy. Um, and he's done... He had one other full-length film that he did, and I didn't see that one. But, of course, Tim, the Polybius Heist is right up our alley, right? Mm-hmm. So, Tim, I did post it, this... Uh, it's actually really funny. You know, it's like... It's not just corny or nothing it's funny you know i enjoyed it absolutely so um i did post this uh, review tim and i thought the review actually gave kind of a um, similar thought to the way i felt about the the movie so i'm going to go ahead and read a part of it here 
Um, it says it's a fun-filled romp packed with silly, geeky comedy. We follow collector and YouTube are <clears throat> we follow collector and YouTube star Stuart, Stuart Ashen as he and his ragtag heist crew work to lay their hands on the Polybius, a mythical 1980s arcade game with a puzzling past that's currently the property of an egomaniac Anton Agonist. And uh, while Ashens and the Polybius heist won't be winning any Oscars, although given the number of films to release this year, you never know, the film is the film absolutely smashes the goal that it's out to achieve. It's a fun-filled romp that is packed to the rafters with silly, geeky comedy. And uh, Tim, it is uh, it is very funny. It's got, like you mentioned, it's got a lot of funny parts in it. I don't want to spoil the movie for anybody, and you can watch it on Amazon or on uh, Google TV or any of those services that you have. You can rent it. Tim, I rented it and watched it, and like I said, I thought it was funny. It's kind of a really geeky take on Ocean's Eleven, right? Right. So I mean, yeah. that's kind of what it is. So I mean, if you're if you're interested in that, and of course, Tim, Polybius is something that we all. Uh, like I said, we're all interested in anyway if you're an arcade guy. So um, definitely something you should check out if you're interested in that. I thought it was funny. Tim's watched half of it. He thinks it's funny. So um, you guys give it a watch if you can. Let us know what you think. Or if you've seen it, let us know what you think as well. Uh, let's see. Uh, Delusional's Arcade says he did a Polybius video on a fan-made machine at Zapcon. And it's on his channel. Uh, Tim, the one they use in the in the um, in the movie is pretty well done. So they they got somebody to do the machine. It has some computer graphics on it as well, right? Mm-hmm. So yeah, the bad guy is named Antagonist. That is correct. Anton uh-huh. Antony and Agonist. Antony Agonist. So there you go. Exactly. You know that's the kind of humor you're getting with this guys. It you know it is look it is dumb humor, but it's funny. It's funny. And what was the rental, Tim? Was it six bucks? Five bucks? I was thinking for I bought it for like eight. Yeah, or I, maybe. Yeah, like, maybe it's a buy for that. I can't remember what it was, but I mean, for the amount of money that you're getting, you're getting a lot of enjoyment out of it. It's worth it. So it's funny, guys. Check it out. Uh, Ashens and the Polybius Heist. You won't regret it. It's funny. If you're an arcade guy, it's definitely up your alley. Promise. And then Tim, um, this is kind of a sad note, and a lot of news outlets covered this in a not so accurate way. I guess is a good way to say it. And this is um, the sale of the Sega arcade business in Japan. And of course, the one person who did cover it well is our is our friends at Arcade Heroes. Tim, they did a great job of covering this story. And this article that they posted is what is happening with the sale of Sega's arcade business in Japan. And you guys can go to this link to check it out. But um, Genda, Tim, which I am not. Um, I am not familiar with, but you may be more familiar with them because they do have a location in Dallas somewhere, apparently. But they are a Japanese company that specializes in art operating arcade equipment throughout the world. They are they have purchased basically yeah. the controlling shares of Sega Entertainment, which is the division responsible for the arcade side operations in Japan. So Sega is going to shift their resources and focus to console game development. So basically making console games and PC games. Um, the locations apparently though will maintain their Sega branding. So any of the Genda locations are still going to be a Sega quote unquote arcade. It's just that Sega will no longer, will no longer be involved in the running of these arcades. Correct. And so, uh, please, and it says here, please note that this does not mean that Sega is no longer developing new arcade machines. Arcade game development will continue. So Sega will continue to develop new arcade machines. The only thing they're not going to do is run their own arcade locations. Tim, what do you think about this? Um, Is this mainly due to the pandemic or do you think it's something else? I think it's been coming for a while. And I think the pandemic just kind of gave them a great excuse to get on out. 
Yeah, I mean, Sega has their, I guess, their finger in a whole lot of pies, right, Tim? I mean, they they make arcade games, they make console games, they um, they do obviously um, arcade operation, uh, which is what they've done up to this point. And so, you know, maybe they they were too, maybe they just had too their finger in too many pies. Tim's was really what the thing is, and they just needed to kind of offload that one. And Tim, it's no secret that that division's probably going to take a big loss this year, right? Probably so. I mean, with the Dude. pandemic and everything, I mean, we have people that we know that own arcades, Tim, they're obviously taking a hit. And I'm sure that Sega in Japan, is also the arcades are taking a hit there as well. And so this may be just a way for them to kind of cut some ties and, and try to maintain some profitability. And Genda, Tim, seems like a company that's dedicated to operating locations. So they're probably picking these up on the cheap as well, correct? I think so. Yeah, so, I mean, it sounds like a good deal for both companies because it, it allows Sega to kind of get rid of this division that may not be making so much money or maybe losing money for them. And then allows Genda to kind of expand because they were already a small player in the arcade market. And so maybe they can expand and become a bigger player with this purchase. So I think it will work out well for everyone. And Sega is going to continue to make arcade games, Tim. And that's probably the most important thing to come out of this. Console and arcade game development is going to continue. So we're going to continue to see Sega-made arcade games going forward. Right. I think that we'll see more of the crossing over like if you'll see the same thing in other words uh it's going to be released both platforms i don't think you're going to see a lot of different games right exactly and i I think you're probably right there tim um it does seem like sega is still dedicated to arcades they're still releasing games like we mentioned tim not a lot of companies anymore i mean raw thrills is obviously up there tim what other i mean and what other games are really released what other companies are really releasing video games now though i mean besides raw thrills and sega I don't, this year, it's, te- it's probably taking such a beating on everybody. I, I guess more pinball companies are pop- popping up than arcade-related, uh, and most of the stuff that I'm not seeing hardly anything that's new, you know. It's all um, redemption-style stuff uh, more than arcade games. Absolutely, and it's been like that for a while, but I definitely think we've seen more of a shift of it recently tim for sure so but um it is kind of sad that sega will no longer have the controlling stake in these locations but it doesn't mean sega's going away and it doesn't mean the locations are going away and you'll still be able to visit a sega arcade if you go to japan so that's the bottom line right tim yeah so there we go uh dragon punch dave says thank you all so much for the videos and help you continue to and help you continue to provide you're welcome dragon punch dave and thanks for joining us tonight uh, we appreciate that so much. Guys, um, I mean, you guys are the whole reason we do this. Uh, all those of you who send in questions and, and uh, join us for live chats and watch the live show and all that kind of stuff. I mean, we wouldn't do it unless there's an audience out there willing to watch and listen and and, and that uh, group of people who needed help with their arcades. So, I mean, this is why we do what we do. It's all because of you guys. And we thank you so much for your support. It really means a lot to us. Uh, you know, and especially for those of you guys who donate, it means just means the absolute world. And YouTube Punk sending us the test pattern generator tim uh just i I tell you what like i said just maybe i might be getting a little a little uh emotional here tim just a little bit so a little cracking in my voice nothing nothing major i need to get a drink so (laughs) uh but anyway i I think your glasses are fogging up i see that i see that (laughs) the allergies oh yeah sure Mm -hmm. i see how it is but anyway uh, let's continue on with the discussions here, Tim. And I think, uh, let, let me see, is this the last one? we got two more here, and this one is about the upcoming Tetris movie starring Taron Egerton, Tim, which you may know from the um, the Kingsman film series. Are you familiar with that? Yeah. 
So Apple has secured the rights to an upcoming Tetris film that will explore the elaborate story behind the iconic tile-matching video game according to Deadline. According to the report, the film will feature British actor Taron Egerton as Hank Rogers, a Dutch video game designer who eventually secured the rights to Tetris and licensed the game to Nintendo for its original Game Boy. Egerton is best known for playing Elton John in Rocketman and Gary Eggsy Unwin in Kingsman. And Tim, I've seen actually uh, both Rocketman and the Kingsman series. Good stuff. Uh, Tim, I'm looking forward to this a little bit because I think the story of Tetris is very is a very interesting story. What do you think? Yeah, I think so too. I think it should be, especially our guys or what we're interested in, should be very interesting. Absolutely. So I'm um, looking forward to that. And Tim, if you're staying tuned for the live for the after show tonight, I'm going to talk about a series I've really been enjoying on Apple TV Plus. Okay. So if you guys want to know, there's a certain uh, television show that I've been watching on Apple TV Plus over the last uh, week or so, and I've really enjoyed it. And I'll talk about that in the after show if you want to hear about it. So. And then, Tim, what would a live show be recently without talking about our favorite person in the world, Billy Mitchell? Right. Our, not really our favorite person in the world. A person in the world, Billy Mitchell. How about that? Right? Yeah. There you uh, go. Anyway, there you go. So um, anyway, guys, so Twin Galaxies is now suing Billy Mitchell and Tim. uh, There's been a couple of YouTube videos about this, and and I I think that Louie posted one on our Facebook page. But this was an article I found basically summarizing the exact same information in those videos. Why is Twin Galaxies suing Billy Mitchell? Well, as you might expect, it's complicated. Put simply, though, the current owner of Twin Galaxies is alleging various practices of misrepresentation and fraud when Billy Mitchell, as part owner, sold Twin Galaxies back in 2014. Part of the suit alleges not only the deliberate misrepresentation of high scores and achievements in order to artificially inflate the company's value, but also that Billy Mitchell and Walter Date, the other co-owner, used the business to pay off personal debts. And if you're not aware, this is a huge legal no-no. So, Tim, this is obviously something that um, is very interesting because this is this is kind of a new wrinkle in this whole Twin Galaxies, Billy Mitchell, and even part of the cheating scandal is that basically um, the owners of Twin Galaxies now are saying that you guys tricked us. <clears throat> you committed fraud because you, 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 know, you overvalued these things and you said that these scores were legitimate and they weren't. And you also paid off, you paid off personal debts using the money... Uh, the many that was generated by Twin Galaxies, and you shouldn't have done that. And so this really is kind of a countersuit to some of the other things that Billy Mitchell's been suing Twin Galaxies about, except these accusations are pretty serious, right? Ah, very serious. That'd be criminal. Yeah, exactly. So I, I forget the amount of money, but it's quite a bit of money, I think, that they're suing for and damages on this. And so we're going to see what happens in court. I mean, Billy Mitchell is, was confident the last time we had a live show that he was going to win in his, in his defamation suit i don't know if that's going to happen tim because i mean it doesn't seem like he has much of a case but looking at the evidence that twin galaxies has against walter day and uh, billy mitchell it does look like it is much more substantial than what billy mitchell has against twin galaxies if that makes sense yeah but we'll keep you guys updated on the legal proceedings as they continue and let you know what happens we're not going to speculate as to what happens but it does look as as of right now the the twin galaxy suit Maybe one that that ends up uh, going all the way to to, uh, to court and being tried, but we'll find out and we'll let you know. So, okay, Tim. Well, that brings us to the end of the regular live show part. But we do want to remember, 
we do want to remind people that we do want your arcade related videos. If you want some free advertising for your YouTube channel, we're looking for people to submit short videos, 10 minutes or less, about arcade related topics. Send a link of your video to questions at arcaderepairtips.com and our staff will review it. If we like it, we'll use it during one of our live show episodes. Make sure to put in a plug for your channel so people will know where to find you. We look forward to seeing your submissions. Tim, we haven't had any submissions in a while, but we do want to remind people that that is there because, Tim, you know, there's a while back when YouTube uh, demonetized a lot of channels that were monetized, and so this was our way of trying to help those channels gain a little bit more uh subscribers and things so that they could keep their monetization and we still want to continue to help those smaller channels out so if you're one of those smaller channels that doesn't have monetization now and you would like a little bit bigger audience in your arcade related send us a video and we'll uh, we'll share it with our audience and try to get you some more subscribers heading your way and then tim let's go ahead and talk about the ways you can contact us we have our email address at questions at arcade repair tips.com questions at arcade repair tips.com if you put live show in the subject, you will get it mentioned on the show. Very important to do that, guys. So if you want it on the live show. Now, if not, we'll just answer it whenever we get around to it. But again, that's questions at arcaderepairtips.com if you want to send us a question. We have our YouTube page at youtube.arcaderepairtips.com. If you're watching this live or if you're watching the, the, the video recording of this, then you know where our YouTube page is. But if not, it's at youtube.arcaderepairtips.com. And comments from the last live show will be covered on the next episode. Tim, I think we had two from this uh from last time that were answered on this show just to give you an idea so again guys youtube.arcaderepairtips.com if you uh want to leave us some comments there or to watch the video of this live show and then guys we have our podcast email podcast at arcaderepairtips.com and those go to our friends eric and rusty tim uh they've had their hands full considering that they're trying to run an arcade in a pandemic so um they have not had time to get another podcast episode out you know last time i talked to them they had recorded most of one but it was not complete yet so hopefully at some point we're going to get that but um you can send them email at podcast at arcaderepairtips.com send one to them and let them know that uh, you're thinking about them uh or you can go to um to the game preserve houston website tim and uh, support them that way they have a lot of cool merchandise tim that they're trying to sell in order to raise some funds so um the game preserve uh is their arcade in houston texas so uh, do a search for that on google and buy some of their merchandise if you can i know they'd really appreciate it yeah, please. And, Tim, we have our podcast uh, pages as well. Our iTunes page is at itunes.arcaderepairtips.com if you want to subscribe on your Apple device. Or we're also on Stitcher Radio at stitcher.arcaderepairtips.com so you can go there and leave us reviews at both those places. Yep. Let us know how we're doing, guys. We'd love to hear from you, um, especially if it's a five-star review. If not, send us an email and let us know what you think. We'd love to hear your thoughts and your opinions. Um, and, Tim, we're on Spotify. We're on, you know... Google, the Google store, we're on pretty much every platform that does podcasting. So if you do a search for Arcade Repair Tips or Arcade Repair, you'll probably find us. So again, though, iTunes.ArcadeRepairTips.com for our iTunes page and Stitcher.ArcadeRepairTips.com for our Stitcher page. Leave reviews if you're so inclined. Tim, I do think we got a review uh, on iTunes since the last episode, but I didn't, I forgot to pull it out. But it was a five-star review. It was a good one. Yeah. So there you go. And then, guys, we have our social media pages. We have our Facebook page at facebook.arcaderepairtips.com and our Twitter feed at twitter.arcaderepairtips.com. And we want to thank Mark and Louie for all their hard work and especially thank Louie for his moderation of the live chat tonight. Everybody give him a round of applause. There we go. Round of applause there for Louie. We want to thank him so much for that. Louie, you're the man. Uh, We appreciate your efforts here. And, uh, 
you know, we're all volunteer basically here at Arcade Repair Tips, right, Tim? We don't get a whole lot of money. The bills basically, uh, I was about to say, the money just basically pays the bills, but we appreciate all the work from uh, from Mark and Louie. Um, without them, we couldn't we couldn't do half of what we do without them. So thank you, guys. And make sure you check out their efforts on Facebook at facebook.arcaderepairtips.com and on Twitter at twitter.arcaderepairtips.com. Tim, it's about time to wrap up the, ar- the uh, arcade part of our live show tonight. Of course, we have an after show coming up. Now, we've teased a couple of things, right? I teased a show that I'm watching on Apple+. Plus. What else did we tease? I can't remember uh, now. Yeah, There's at least one other thing, right? <laughs> Something. So, uh, oh, we're going to talk about some NFL stuff, which we yeah. kind of talked about uh, before the show, so we'll get into some of that. Talk about some other shows and things that we're watching, if you guys are interested in that. Oh, Tim, big announcement in the streaming service world today that I sent you, and we'll talk about that. Um, but if you want to hear about all that kind of stuff, you can uh, stay tuned for the live show, or the live after show, right after the regular live show here. Just stay tuned for about 10 more minutes and we'll get that. Um, if you're on the podcast feed, if you're listening to this via the audio platform, you can go to the YouTube um, link for this episode and you can watch the after show. So if you're interested in that, make sure you do that. Uh, Tim, oh, the PS5. Yes, that is what I've been trying to obtain. I'll be talking about my, my escapades with the PS5. So if you're interested in that, stay tuned and we'll get around to it. That's YouTube Punk uh, chiming in there. So uh, thank you, YouTube, for that. But uh, anyway, uh, Tim, is there anything else you want to say before we end the live show and move into our after show? I don't want to mention your shirt tonight. Oh! Uh, I didn't show your shirt off. Oh, I did not. Okay, there we go. Uh-huh. How's that look, guys? Very what nice shirt. You'll be visited by three ghosts. That is correct. So, mm-hmm. obviously a take on A Christmas Story and Pac-Man. I love that. So, I got this from Whoop.com last year and uh, wanted to watch, you know, wanted to wear it for the live show. I may have worn it for the live show last year, Tim. I can't remember. Uh, or did I do my Super Mario uh, my Super Mario Christmas sweater? I can't remember. Something like that. But um, this is one of my favorites, guys. I, I love this. The first time I saw it, I fell in love with it. Bought the shirt. Love it. So, um, again, Whoop.com had it. So, if you're looking for that, you can go there. But, uh, yeah. And, Tim, you've got a shirt on as well. When I got you for your birthday, right? Yeah. You stand up. We'll show the audience real quick. They can see it. Yeah, there you go. Uh, no. uh, kind of. You may have to back off the camera a bit. Oh, there you go. Your asteroid or asteroids do not concern me. Space rocks there. Um, basically, uh, Darth Vader playing uh, asteroids. Gotta love that. Yeah. So, star. Anytime you can get Star Wars and arcade games together, Tim, it's a good time, right? Always a good time. There you go. So, um, oh, um, Geek Light Away says thoughts on Arcade Legends Ultimate and the Poly Mega. Um, the Arcade Legends Ultimate we've seen, obviously, Tim, I took a picture with it last year, right? Right. So, uh, I tell you what, um, for the price tag, you can't beat it. I am not as familiar with the Polymega, Tim. Are you as, are you familiar with the Polymega? It sounds very familiar, but I'm not exactly, I'm not exactly sure what it is. I'd have to look at it. But the Legends Ultimate, for the price that you're paying for it, is great. And Tim, now they have just the control panel that you can hook up to your TV. I think it's 200 bucks. So if you just want to get the control panel for it, you can. And you can buy the board separately. So, I mean, Act Games is really trying hard to, to put out some great products. So, I mean, round of applause for Act Games as well, uh, Tim. Because, you know, for a long time there, it just looked like they were putting out really sorry clones of video game systems. But now they're actually trying to put out good quality stuff. So, uh, hand it to Ag Games. They're doing a good job, and we salute you, Ag Games. Keep up the good work. Okay, Tim, anything else before we head on? No, let's head on. We'll get to the live show here. I mean, the after show. You see, you're doing the same thing as me. Tim, have you been staying up late uh, for a a new console, too? I just, no, that's not been why, but. (laughs) There you go. 
Well, well, if you guys are getting off here, if you're not going to join us for the after show, then we'll see you next year, Tim, in 2021 for our January show. I can't believe I'm even saying that. It seems like it's seems like 2020 has been long like we talked about at the beginning but we will miss you till then we hope uh, that you guys have a wonderful new year a wonderful christmas and we hope to be back here like i said in january for the next live show everybody take care and remember here at arcade repair tips when you fix the game tim you play the game that is correct good night everybody we'll see you in the after show or we'll see you in january 2021 take care guys we'll see you soon Thank you for watching this episode of the Arcade Repair Tips live show. All of our past episodes are available on our website at ArcadeRepairTips.com or on our YouTube page. This show is intended for entertainment and educational purposes only. Please consult a professional before attempting to repair any coin-operated machines yourself. The preceding program is a Varcade Entertainment production.